Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, the man himself in the hometown of Madison, Wisconsin, coming off of a convincing victory down at the Kohl Center last night against a school I genuinely had never heard of, Jacksonville State. The Wisconsin Badgers absolutely handled them. And my brother was there to witness Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports. Nick, how are you doing tonight, my brother? You know, overall, pretty good. I was I was fighting a, a bit of a bug this week, but most of that is gone. We've got a great win to, to hit on, a big one to preview, and holidays are coming up. So pretty good overall. Nick, it's safe to say that the week ahead of us is a top two, three time of the calendar year. Of course, for me, the greatest time of year is early September, but an extremely close second is Christmas time, and the brothers will be back in action at home in Rockford, reunited, and will continue to watch the beautiful game of football and put out some spectacular episodes of this show. So, folks, thank you for tuning in, and as always, Jusson! All right, Nick, as I just alluded to, we are less than two weeks away from Christmas Eve and Christmas, and we'll be watching our beloved Chicago Bears together on Christmas Eve against the lowly Arizona Cardinals. But two weeks ahead of that game, our Chicago Bears absolutely handled a division rival mm-hmm. in the Detroit Lions this past Sunday back home at Soldier Field. It was arguably our best win of the season and most complete game on both sides of the football. The Bears were down 13-10 to 10 at halftime and did not allow a point in the second half. That is the resilience of this football team and truly showing late in the season, that it has a defensive identity. And Matt Eberflus is doing a remarkable job of keeping head coach in his title as this defense has become one of the best in the league at not only creating turnovers, but stopping the run and keeping opponents at bay. And we had an absolute blast going back and forth during that game. and. Not only did the defense play lights out, our man DJ Moore shined in the highest order. So, Nick, I want to hear your thoughts on that matchup and what it meant for this team moving forward, knocking out two divisional opponents and then going into a tough environment in the dog pound this weekend. Yeah, that was one of the most fun Bears games we've really gotten the kind of experience that actually ended up in a victory. It was awesome. You know, I think you made some great points. Specifically, you have to give Iberflus credit. I mean, he's known as a defensive guy. That unit looks actually incredible these days, like a top five to six unit, top run defense in the league. I think it was cool to hear what Montez Sweat uh, had to say about Iberflus and the culture in Chicago. And everywhere you looked, whether it was Sweat, Jalen Johnson, who 
is really going to get paid and is going to deserve it wherever. Uh, TJ Edwards, kind of that pass rush, Justin Jones. It was an awesome day. And I think it was one we both actually felt pretty darn confident about because we've seen the improvement of this team. Uh, I've been happy to see DJ Moore getting some more practice in this week. And, you know, before I, I get in a little further here in a couple minutes with you and predictions and things, I think this is a winnable game this weekend. And what I will say is if the Bears do win, they've got me believing that they can make the playoffs this year. Do I think they will? No. But to even be, like we joke about it, people joke about it on online, but to even be actually technically in the hunt right now is pretty cool to see. Nick, you've got me cracking a smile, not quite ear to ear as... When you bring up the postseason, I immediately revert back to the first Lions game and then, of course, the Denver Broncos game that I was there to witness. And folks at home are probably sick of hearing me say that, but those are the two difference makers that the Bears would actually be in the postseason had they won those two games and closed out in the fourth quarter. They would be in the wild card as we speak. So. Right then and there, that is the difference between, okay, this team is ascending late in the season, but all that will be for naught if we do not make the postseason, which is still likely the case because of those two matchups that just slipped away late uh, earlier on in the season. But Nick, I absolutely love how you mentioned a handful of truly emerging stars on this defense. TJ Edwards, who I was critical of early in the season just because of some what I thought to be lazy arm tackling that they teach you to stay away from in youth football. He has become a guy that has a nose for the football, whether it's in the air or just stuffing somebody in the middle of the field and i genuinely believe he deserves a pro bowl bid and of course our two most dominant performers on the defensive side jalen johnson and montez sweat there's a reason montez got paid in the middle of the year before even playing in a chicago bears uniform and as you mentioned why jalen johnson will be in the conversation for one of the highest paid corners in football come the end of this season and I will be absolutely crushed if it is not with this franchise I think it will be if Ryan Poles wants to stay in his power as general manager because we have the cap space and we like to keep our draft picks in Chicago but good lord is that defensive unit shining and producing against the Detroit Lions team who's known for blowing the doors off of opponents and scoring 30-plus. We shut them down to two scores on the afternoon. Yeah, you know, Jalen's got me a little bit worried. And again, I don't blame him. He he does like a weekly or monthly uh, radio segment, I think on 670. And like this week, it was something that you know, I think he would have budged or maybe taken a bit less, something like that. I'm not exactly quoting it to stay with the Bears. He loves playing in Chicago. He's very close with this team. 
and his teammates that much I know, but with the, the season he's having, I think he is probably looking to be the highest paid in the league. And I really don't blame him. I mean, other than a, I can think of a missed tackle or two, and then, you know, that would be pick six. Like, he's been one of the top players, of course, on the team. Pro Football Focus has him as the highest-rated corner this season. Like, he's been really incredible. So, you know, like like Justin Fields, I'm enjoying every opportunity we kind of get, uh, just in case. I certainly hope they're both back in Chicago. But you're absolutely right. The The defense as a whole has been great. And while the actual matchup this week is not quite – the talent that Detroit has, the Bears are playing to a very tough place to play, as you know. Nick, I am beyond grateful for that seamless segue as we look ahead to the AFC against the Cleveland Browns. And you mentioned our man, number two, DJ Moore, has been on the injury report all week long. And if he is not in uniform on Sunday, you can very well call this a tally in the L column because he is our offense. Of course, Justin Fields is starting to get more comfortable uh, running the ball and is close to 500 rushing yards on the season, which is honestly surprising given how many games he was out. But DJ Moore, if he gets going any given Sunday, it only means that the Bears are in a position to win the football game. So if he is not in the lineup on Sunday, it's going to be tough sledding against another stout defensive unit led by Miles Garrett in the Cleveland Browns. So looking at this football game, Nick, it's clear to me that neither team is necessarily an offensive juggernaut. But if you had to give credit to either team in terms of which offense is better, you'd have to say the Chicago Bears because Joe Flacco has only been with the Cleveland Browns for a couple of weeks. Of course, he's caught lightning in a bottle. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and I'm happy to see him back in the NFL. But in terms of consistency, Justin Fields is hitting his stride. He's made major connections with his wideouts and tight ends. But this game is going to come down to which defense keeps the opposing team out of the end zone just one more time. And I think this game is won by whoever scores 20 points. That's the only amount you need to get in this football game because it's going to be grinded out. Who's going to score two to three times and play within the trenches? I think that's. I think that's pretty well put. I mean, you're looking at two phenomenal defenses, the way they're playing right now. Browns, 8-5 and five football team, obviously tough place to play. But it's interesting, the spread's only three, which I think is actually a ton of respect to the Bears' defense because you usually get a bonus two and a half to three points in the NFL for being a home team. So I found that interesting. I think that's a kind of a good sign of respect for what people think of the Bears right now and the trajectory that they're on. And I actually think that while Justin is going to have to take good care of the football, 
you know, I'm I'm more worried about like a strip sack than an interception because obviously Garrett is a top 15, 20 player at least and top three or four defender in the entire NFL. So that old line is going to have their hands full. I think that Justin could use some scrambles to his ability and that could certainly help the Bears this week. I need a good performance uh, for several reasons. And, you know, overall, I I think as I as I kind of make my first bold prediction here soon, I actually feel pretty good about this game. Maybe I'm drinking a little bit too much of the Bears Kool-Aid, but I feel that way. And, and it's actually more so because of the offense. You know, Joe Flacco, I don't think he's going to have a, a turnover-filled game. I mean, he's as solid of a really old quarterback as you kind of see. Obviously, he's had a heck of a career and even could be out of the league very soon. But I think that Justin Fields, and this is this is a compliment because of how good the Browns defense is. I think that he has a turnover-free day. And, yeah, we said bold. 300-plus total yards for Justin Fields. I think if he threw for that many, mark a Bears win either way. But that's kind of what I'm feeling right now. Uh, for Justin Fields and one of my bold predictions. Nick, if there's anything I've learned about Justin Fields over the last couple seasons is that a good game for him is kind of living within that number of 220-plus passing yards because of his versatility and gaining on the ground. And you're absolutely right. If the Bears are going to win this football game, which I think they're more than capable of, as they're on their best streak of the season right now, looking to go for three in a row, Justin Fields is going to have to play conservative football, and there's nothing wrong with that. When you go up against a stout defensive unit like the Cleveland Browns, talk about probably the most vicious pass rusher in the game right now in Miles Garrett, and a strong secondary, Grant Delpit, Mm -hmm. is one of the best defensive players in all of football and you don't necessarily want to throw the football his way very many times in that game so the offense if you remember Nick in Fields first season he got his lunch eaten by this Browns defense in 2021 and you could argue they've only gotten stronger on that side of the football but the difference there is Justin Fields finally has protection. He has a more than serviceable offensive line that has allowed him to not only gain on the ground, but pick his spots when letting that ball fly. And DJ Moore will find those soft spots in the defense. Cole Komet is able to barrel for some yards. So I think this is going to be a slow and methodical game from our Bears. And if they're going to win, it has to be because of Justin Fields' cerebral play and the defense remaining with that identity of no big plays and force some sacks on an old man in Joe Flacco, who I will never disrespect. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks of the 2010s. I just cannot believe he's back in a uniform, a guy who was on the couch just three weeks ago, and now 
the fourth quarterback for the Browns this season to win a football game. That is a stat that I cannot fathom. And for that reason, I think Kevin Stefanski should be up for coach of the year as they are somehow in the playoff race in the AFC. That's crazy. Who Who is the fourth? Flacco, DTR, Watson? Am I and missing one? Former Chicago Bear, P.J. Walker. Oh, yes. Wow, that that really is incredible. Uh, but, yeah, I think Justin, you know, Justin's in a better spot. I think the Bears' line is. I certainly trust what I've seen from this coaching staff more than whatever was happening that first year uh, with Justin. That was no fault of his own. It's kind of hard for me to make, you know, a defensive pick. So I'm just going to say it's not bold or anything crazy, but basically that they outshine the Browns defense, which like on the one hand, yeah, the Browns defense is really good. On the other, the Bears have been playing terrific football, pretty good football as a whole, and terrific defense since about the midway point of October, really, even though they lost some games that they shouldn't have. I'd say it's been pretty solidly the last six to seven weeks. So that's what I'm going to say helps lead the Bears to a successful day Sunday in Cleveland. Nick, you mentioned it best there. When you talk about some of those boneheaded losses that the Bears had, it was not necessarily on the defense as Justin Fields and Tyson Bajant were just handing the ball to the opposing team's defense, which would give them a short field and an easy opportunity to score. So this defense has been consistent for a month and some change. And I think I'm only giving one bold prediction and I'm staying on the defensive side. And it's simple. Can the Bears keep Joe Flacco under a certain number? I think they're more than capable. And to win this football game, a defensive bowl prediction is this. The Bears only allow one offensive touchdown, hopefully one touchdown on the day. Yes, the Browns may score some field goals, but I'm anticipating somewhere around that 17-point range and the Bears eclipsing it later on down the line when I give my final score. But Nick, Justin Fields is going to flip his reputation on its head. He's going to win in a very familiar state of Ohio. And these Chicago Bears are going to win three games in a row and truly be in the hunt for the postseason. Yeah, it's it's tough to disagree with any of that, even though we're obviously riding some of the momentum. I, I'm going to go with JF1, Jalen, Montez, and the Bears, 23-20. to 20. I don't know what the over-under is. I, I do think the Browns score a couple touchdowns. Actually, they each team scores just two, uh, and then some field goals respectively. But I'm rolling with these Bears really until they prove me wrong. Nick, I definitely agree with you. It's going to be a Cairo Santos game in terms of scoring. And we're both right around that over-under number of 38.5, I believe. Mm. I am going with our beloved Chicago Bears 20 to a Cleveland Browns 17 
we keep it tight and we move on to Christmas Eve with a battle against the lowly Arizona Cardinals, which you and I will be soaking in together and looking for four straight, as crazy as that sounds, down the final stretch of the season. So I am over the moon that our Chicago Bears have a tough test because the last couple of weeks have been, yes, grinded out football, but never wavering in the fact that we're going to win the game. And I think if we can beat the Cleveland Browns, then this team is for real, not necessarily this season, but moving forward with this core group of guys. I totally agree, and, and good call, yeah, on, on the over-under area. Yeah, that's pretty low, especially for not two great offenses, but I'd say two competent offenses uh, in terms of just efficiency and how they can move the football. So I'm with you. You know, they, they've already impressed me a little bit, but if they can get this one done, that would that'd tell me a lot and get me pretty – Pretty pumped up. I just hope that we get to keep Justin for this rebuild on the upward trajectory long term. Nick, it's plain as day. It's right in front of us. Justin Fields is playing himself into a long-term situation with these Chicago Bears. And I'll tell you one thing. If you were to go to another team, it wouldn't necessarily be as good of a situation as the Bears. It would be a team that is floundering. And yes, the Bears record is nothing to get excited about, but we're a team that's so clearly heading in a positive direction on both ends of the football. So it's in the hands of the front office. Do they keep a guy that is battling day in and day out on the roster and forget about that first overall pick in terms of drafting a quarterback and use it? to their advantage of maybe bringing in another weapon or continuing to bolster that offensive line because we'll need a center come April. This team has so many big decisions in front of it, and I cannot wait to be a part of that 2024. Okay, it's time to go to the postseason, no questions asked, with JF1 at the helm. So, Nick, you know I absolutely love to round out the show with my pick of the week. And what I do not love to do is go against my man, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. But outside of the Bears game, this is one that I will be paying extremely close attention to. And that is the Dallas Cowboys going to Highmark against a Buffalo Bills team that just stunned the entire nation by beating the Kansas City Chiefs. And I am going to roll for my NFL pick of the week in week 15. I am taking the team that is playing the best football across the league right now, and that is the Dallas Cowboys, who I have not had very much faith in in years past. I am taking the Cowboys plus two and a half to defeat the Buffalo Bills, on the road. They're talking about the Cowboys as, oh, they can only win at home. No, Dak Prescott, folks, you will mark it here, is for real. And he has one of the premier wideouts in C.D. Lamb. They're going to take the points and win the football game. Give me the Dallas Cowboys moving into the driver's seat in the NFC. 
It's a good pick. I think it's going to be a good game. You know, I, I had to think about this a little bit. For similar reasons, I, I think I'd probably go with the Eagles. Monday night, some rough football from them recently. They kind of really need one. I mean, both teams do, but for Philly to keep pace in what they hope is a race for a top seed or somewhere around there. And again, you mentioned the Cowboys very much in the thick of things. That's going to be my pick. Some really good games uh, this week. You know, very, very busy time, but hoping to catch some as well uh, in addition to the Bears. Nick, I agree with you that NFC East is always a gauntlet with those two teams always battling toward the top. And it's simple right here and now. The Philadelphia Eagles have to make a statement in primetime. Otherwise, I might throw around that fraud tag here pretty soon, despite being the Super Bowl runner-up last year. So, folks, get that ship right down in Philadelphia. Good heavens. Because Dallas Cowboys are looking to run away with it in the NFC. Nick, this was an absolute blast, and I love going into an NFL weekend with some confidence, with a couple wins under our belt. Let's add another notch on Sunday afternoon at the Dog Pound. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, just up, bear down forever.